Hawks. We're going on grid. This is Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Good morning. Wake up! The morning line. Line up, ladies! All right, people, here we go. It is now Friday, and uh, I I'm, I'm had to check that like 12. Don't act like you know what day it is either because this whole middle-of-the-week holiday thing kind of screws everybody up here. But I do, uh, according to the calendar, have figured out it is a Friday. It is January the 3rd. It is still the year 2020 as we uh, inch a little bit closer to... Oh, I don't know. Wild card weekend in the NFL and exciting stuff there. Another bowl game here today. And let us not forget that bowl season. A couple more games until, of course, we get to the national championship, which seems like it is forever away. Monday, November the 13th is when Clemson and LSU, a uh, battle of the Tigers, uh, who will reign supreme in that game. Uh, It's been a while, doesn't it feel like, since December 27th or 28th when they played the uh, playoff games until January 13th. It's a long way away. Turns out there's actually a reasonable explanation for it. We'll get that to you. Plus, we'll take a look at the latest line for that national championship game as we have seen some movement in the market for that. And we've seen plenty of movement for this weekend's games in the NFL, two on Saturday in the AFC, two on Sunday in the NFC. We gave you some of those trends and angles yesterday to look for. We'll have uh, more of those, including an update on who will be playing and who won't be playing. And we will certainly get that uh, get that to you here. We had a couple of bowl games last night. Uh, we had a NBA slate of nine games. We had 73, count them guys, 73 college basketball games uh, yesterday. We got more college uh, today, NHL, NBA, and a afternoon bowl start at 3.30. Get ready, and who doesn't love a good potato bowl? Am I correct, right? Come on, who doesn't love a good potato bowl? Because it's coming your way today between Frank Solich and his Ohio Bobcats taking on Jay Norville in the uh, Nevada the Wolf Pack here today. Now, you may remember Nevada making headlines in their very last game of the season against UNLV. Uh, they were the team that uh, uh, the defense decided to go ahead and take, uh, you know, a fist fight on the uh, at the end of the game there on a total free-for-all. Uh, yeah, they ended up firing their defensive coordinator. Uh, three of their starters on defense are suspended for this game. Another guy is suspended for a half. They have an interim coaching staff on the defense actually calling uh, uh, calling this game. They had to they had to call in a bunch of uh, reserve coaches because not only did the defensive coordinator for Nevada get fired, but uh, all of his assistants got suspended because of the melee too. So total dysfunction in Nevada, but they they are playing in a bowl game here going up against uh, the always reliable Frank Solich and the Ohio Bobcats. So we'll let you know exactly what's going on there. Uh, but do want to welcome you into this Friday. Hope the night was a profitable one. If not, we've got you covered here on the grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. This is the morning line. So welcome in as we get you caught up with the headlines and everything that happened around the world of sports last night. And we'll start... With finally, news breaks late last night that, uh, in fact, 
Jerry, Stephen, the Joneses, they have come to a decision finally on Jason Garrett after a one, two, third meeting. Yes, after a third meeting, apparently, uh, it is being reported now that, uh, in fact, the uh, the Cowboys have come to the conclusion that they need to move on uh, from uh, from Jason Garrett, from the Clapper. That is correct. No more of the... No more. No more. There is no more clapping on the sidelines, at least not from Jason Garrett. Uh, they have... Uh, I've never, ever seen such a... Long, drawn-out firing process uh, before. Uh, I get it. This guy has been, uh, this guy is a cowboy, and if nothing else, Jerry Jones is extremely loyal to diehard cowboys. Once a cowboy, always a cowboy. And listen, in Jason Garrett's uh, situation here, you know, you go from player to coach to head, you know, offensive coordinator to head coach. It's been a while since Jerry and company have had to actually look for a head coach. I believe it was back in 2007 when Bill Parcells hung him up and retired for like the third time. Uh, I believe that was the last time they actually had to go out and find a coach. And so the process has begun, but it was reported the always uh, reliable and uh, shill for the Dallas Cowboys, Ed Water in Dallas. Uh, put out the report last night saying that uh, the next phase to involve candidate interviews will begin quickly once uh, Jason Garrett's firing is confirmed, which will happen at some point uh, this morning, from what we understand. Uh, so whatever those meetings were, Jerry was uh, very cautious in how he handled Jason Garrett. But uh, it was, and I thought it was interesting the way uh, the way they went about it, that it was just that his contract is running out this week or within the week and that they uh, he will not be retained. The word fired was never used in anything along those lines, just simply that they will be moving on without Jason Garrett. So Jerry, very uh, semantics, uh, very kid gloves, uh, a lot of care went into handling uh, the release firing, whatever you want to call it at this point. He ain't coming back uh, to Jason Garrett. So Jerry is, uh, he is one loyal SOB and uh, kudos uh, to uh, Jason Garrett, quite honestly, for getting the hell out of there uh, because nobody wants to be mired in mediocrity all this time and then, you know, have, uh, have Jerry looking over your shoulder. So the search will begin and it already has begun. Now, the problem is, and I know a lot of Cowboy fans are screaming and yelling, going, "What? like, I don't get it. You, you, Everyone else has had a jump start on candidates and interviews. Uh, but the point was made that they would not have let it drag out this long if they thought they were going to lose a candidate, a coach, a potential coach that they actually wanted to another team. So that being said, we do have a list of names available that they are interested in in Dallas. We'll get you the name of potential suitors with Jerry, who they're going after. We'll get you caught up with what happened in last night's bowl games. All of that plus tonight's game. Next on The Grid is sportsgrid.com. Happy Friday. 
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All right, happy Friday. Welcome back into The Grid. It is sportsgrid.com, the morning line. I am Joe Ranieri, and thank you very much. Uh, Happy New Year uh, to you and yours. I'm not sure how long, uh, what is the status quo of the the time it takes. Uh, When do you stop telling or wishing people a happy New Year? I'm not uh, really sure. I'm just going to assume it's uh, through the first week of January. So happy New Year to you. Uh, And we got uh, much to celebrate here, much to be thankful for. Uh, We also have a couple of uh, new rules this year coming up in a little uh, gambling you segment we're going to provide for you. Uh, Some do's and don'ts this year when it comes to sports investing as you guys uh, wound down the 2019 year and you guys might have been new to sports investing, obviously with the expansion of legalized sports betting across this country. Some 20 states now uh, going to be at least a half a dozen more before uh, long here in 2020, as many states have legislation already approved and passed. We'll be putting it all together uh, this year. And I hope by the end of the year, we'll be talking about, uh, you know, somewhere in the 30s as far as states uh, with the uh, proving and uh, the approval rather of sports legalized sports betting within their uh, borders there. So a a lot to be excited about in the industry, a lot to be excited about for the sports bettors, uh, novice or pros. There's a lot to be excited about, but there's also certainly for the newbies, there is a lot of pitfalls and a lot of dangers and some principles maybe that might've gotten away from you at the end of the year, given the fact that For the last couple of months between college football, college basketball, the NFL, the NBA, you had World Series, Uh, you know, the final four months of the season can be taxing for uh, somebody new in the industry as there's just so much to choose from. And sometimes it's uh, with so many options, you know, over 100 and, you know, 30, 40 games uh, a night is what you're going to be having here between basketball, college, uh, college basketball, and the, uh, of course, uh, NBA, NHL. There's a lot going on in the world of sports. You can get a little bit overwhelmed and a little bit carried away. So it's a good time to remind folks of some of the guiding principles in order to make sure that you protect the mother of all mothers here, guys. The thing that is most valuable to you or anybody else that is going to invest in sports betting. And that is your bankroll. It is the number one thing to protect. And we've got a couple of ways for you guys to be able to do that. And we'll do that coming up here in about 25 minutes. But last night, take a review of what happened. We had not one, but two bowl games last night. That is right, two bowl games. Uh, one in the afternoon featuring... The uh, the Birmingham, the Alabama, Birmingham Bowl in uh, in Alabama, I believe, or yeah, 
Alabama, uh, between Boston College and Cincinnati, the Bearcats. And that one, uh, like we told you, keep an eye on the weather in that game because, sure enough, there were uh, flood warnings. There was a delay in that game. There was wind. There was all sorts of issues. And it ended up costing, uh, well, it ended up affecting the score more than anything else. And uh, as Cincinnati rolled in that game, actually, uh, rather easily, guys, it was not that uh, it was not that difficult to see exactly who, what, where, and how was going to win that game. Uh, it was all Cincinnati in that battle, and which was fine. But that total came in way under what it was supposed to. Opened up at fifty-six and a half. It was at 55 this time yesterday morning. It ended up closing at 53 and a half, and it really didn't make a darn bit of difference as Cincinnati routed Boston College yesterday, 38 to 6 in that Birmingham Bowl. They easily covered as a seven and a half point uh, favorite. And again, that total uh, hitting under the 53 and a half. So we had another game last night, an interesting one, too, one that uh, many people anticipated was going to be a blowout for the SEC, taking on a Big Ten team. A lot of Tennessee fans uh, in the world there, a lot of Tennessee volunteers uh, expecting to rout the Indiana Hoosiers. Indiana, isn't that a basketball program? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We heard it all yesterday, and so did the markets, in fact. Uh, when it was all said and done, what started out as a pick'em turned out to be around a three and a half point spread for Tennessee as a favorite in uh, in the Gator Bowl there, which was predominantly the stands filled with Tennessee Volunteer fans there. A lot of orange in that uh, in those stands there last night, and boy oh boy, there at one point in that game the booze. It, you'd have thought it was a home game for Tennessee, and especially given the fact that the way they played. Uh, was not good. This was an ugly game from the get-go, guys. I mean, an ugly game from the get-go. And they went into halftime with a game that many people, and I'll give you just an example here, the game total opened up at 49 and a half when this bowl was, uh, was opened up. That total was bet up to nearly 56 at one point this week. There was a ton of money that was coming in, a ton of expectations on the score in this game. There was supposed to be a ton of points scored in this game. That's what everyone thought. Well, they went into halftime. The score was 6-3 Tennessee, 6-3. There were nine points scored in the first half. No weather issues, no nothing. The issues were these two teams and the ridiculous nature of the market and the overvaluing of what was going to happen. So. The second half begins, and really, in that third quarter, guys, it was all Indiana. Indiana just kind of came out there absolutely firing, and before Tennessee knew it, it was 22-6 to six, uh, heading into the fourth quarter. It was a just bulldoze job, everything going right for, uh, for the Indiana Hoosiers, including a pick six. Uh, they were just dominating them. They couldn't get anything going on offense, that being uh, Tennessee. And all of a sudden now the uh, the hopes and dreams of Tennessee volunteer fans of uh, being able to uh, get a win there and, and for uh, for this program and a program that started two and five on the year and then rattled off five straight wins. Defense was playing good. This was supposed to be a uh, a really good time for Tennessee, a 
stepping stone into next year. And they were getting absolutely bulldozed. And then the football gods stepped in. And we are talking about an absolutely crazy, and I am talking crazy finish to this game. A game that watched Tennessee score not one, but two touchdowns in less than 30 seconds in the fourth quarter. And they went all of a sudden from being down to being up 23 to 22. That is how crazy it is in bowl season. And that really encapsulates what it's like to bet on college football, guys. 18 and 19-year-olds. Uh, the variance, yeah, uh, it is through the roof. Uh, these are not grown-ass men and professionals making millions of dollars. They are at least a little bit easier to predict uh, what, how they're going to act and what the, re, uh, what the outcome is going to be. When you're dealing with 18 and 19-year-olds, you could be up 22 to 6 heading into the fourth quarter, and then uh, you can go to the bathroom and come back, and it's 23-22 Tennessee, and you're going, what in the hell just happened? And Indiana was doing exactly that, going, what in the hell just happened here? Uh, when it was all said and done, a missed 52-yard field goal by Indiana with just about two minutes left in the game. Uh, they had the opportunity to take the lead, couldn't do it, and they also couldn't stop Tennessee there at the end, so they ran the clock out. Tennessee gets the victory, but like we always say here, good teams win, great teams cover. And Indiana, even though they didn't get the win, Boy, did they cover, though. That three and a half points uh, proved pretty costly there as, uh, yes, Tennessee, they got the win, but they did not get the cover, much to the chagrin of the Tennessee backers who bloated that line way over uh, a field goal there to three and a half points. And the total, those also that jumped all over the over, uh, expecting a boatload of points. You got nine points in the first half. You had a ton of points in the second half, but ultimately – 45 points is not more than the 55 and a half that it closed at, that it was bet to. So the Hoosiers only received one third of the bets, guys. One third of the bets. Everybody was banking on Tennessee. And uh, while Tennessee won, yeah, they did not cover. So uh, sports books uh, made themselves a nice little penny there uh, yesterday. Although uh, there was some value on the Tennessee money line. Uh, those of you brave enough to take it. The underhit as well, also proving to be very profitable for the sports books. So 2-0 is what the unders were yesterday. 19-17-1 to the over in the bowl games. We'll talk about today's bowl game. We'll do that coming up next here on The Grid, the morning line. SportsGrid.com. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. All 
right, so I want to invite you to join us on YouTube, and you can do so simply by subscribing to the Sports Grid Network. That is right, our very own YouTube channel here at The Grid. Uh, you can be a part of it. Just hit the little bell in the upper right-hand corner. Never miss an episode of any of the fantastic programming we have available for you because it provides you all the fantasy and sports wagering advice you need all day, every day. And you can do so by subscribing to us on YouTube at the Sports Grid Network. Also, don't forget about Instagram. Those of you uh, who are on it, make sure that you are tailing us at Sports Grid TV. And if you're starting uh, the 2020 year going, you know what would be great? Like if I could honestly be one of the uh, one of these I don't know, uh, daily fantasy millionaires like uh, like they show us all the time here, like uh, Drew and company. It would be really great if I could do that to start the year. Well, it's possible for you guys, because if you want to be the next daily fantasy millionaire, you can do it, certainly with the NBA. And you can do it by dunking on your NBA DFS competition this year with DailyRoto.com. Just dominate, guys, on FanDuel and DraftKings. You can do it this year, I promise. Uh, you can compete with the pros. And it's all made available by the DailyRoto.com Optimizer because it has the most accurate projections available in NBA DFS. Plus, you'll get lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much, much more. Now, save 10% with and uh, get that winning NBA DFS advice. Simply use the promo code DUNK. All right, go to DailyRoto.com forward slash DUNK. That's DailyRoto.com forward slash DUNK. Use that promo code DUNK. You'll get yourself a 10% discount and get yourself that DailyRoto.com optimizer. And remember, you heard it here, guys. DailyRoto.com. It is where millionaires are made. And as we get ready for a wild card uh, weekend here in the NFL, we still got a bowl game uh, coming up here today. Uh, and we also, well, I mean, we take a look at what happened here uh, so far through the bowl season, we've got another bowl game today, the Potato Bowl. Who doesn't love a good potato bowl, guys, especially when it's in Boise? Where else? Uh, it is going to be an awful lot of fun here. It's the Blue Turf at Albertson Stadium there, home of the Boise State Broncos. Uh, you got a little Mac football going up against the Mountain West. We'll break that game down for you. But just to recap, and again, uh, to finish up, Last night's two bowl games, uh, won by Cincinnati. So the American Athletic Conference gets another win there, uh, taking down the ACC and uh, and Boston College. And then, of course, last night you had the SEC edging out a win against the Big Ten. Tennessee taking down Indiana. You had two touchdowns within 30 seconds for Tennessee in the fourth, recovering an onside kick. It was just craziness uh, for a team in Tennessee that was losing 22 to nine heading into the fourth quarter in that game. Uh, just crazy stuff, but they were able to pull it out. They got the job done. Uh, Tennessee won, did not cover. That was Indiana. So congratulations. Indiana was a huge, huge contrarian uh, betters dream there. Uh, value minded betters that were thought that line was overvalued, that the Tennessee love and the public love for Tennessee because it's SEC has got to be way better than a basketball school football program. Well, they were better last night from a winning perspective, not from a covering perspective. That was a big ticket. We told you only one third of the bets last night came in on the Hoosiers. So that's uh, 
that's a lot of money. Uh, so the Hoosiers uh, win there for uh, for those that backed them. Tennessee, if you had them on a the money line, congratulations. Uh, but that game started as a pick'em and it moved all the way to three and a half, which is a good reminder, guys. Remember, and we've been telling you, keep this in mind. Even for the remaining bowl games, including the national championship game, there is a tremendous amount of recreational dollars in the market right now. And what that means is that you are going to have Joe Public spending an awful lot of time and money, awful lot of bets are going to come in pushing lines over what they should be simply because they're either a favorite or they're a blue blood or they're just, they got to be the better team. They got the better record. Value gets created this time of year in bowl season because of the recreational dollars that push the market over the edge, not to mention the sports books. If you and I are talking about it right now, you don't think the sports books, when they create the line, know what the recreational dollars and the public betters are going to back? Of course they do. So they shade the line that way anyway, which means... You are laying more points than you should nine times out of 10 during the bowl season. So when we talk contrarian, uh, we talk the opportunity for you guys to be able to profit big time. And it's worked out so far this year for uh, contrarian betters once again during the bowl season as we continue to see dogs cash tickets. Uh, And they did it again, of course, uh, last night with, uh, with Indiana getting that win. So today... In this potato bowl, we also have six NBA games, two NHL games, 17 college basketball games. Uh, We have a 3.30 Eastern time game here today in the potato bowl. And again, it's uh, Albertson Stadium there, Boise State. You'll see the blue turf on TV today. And who doesn't love quality afternoon bowl action? How cool is that? You get to uh, turn on the TV, middle of the day, you're going to have yourself a little football and there's uh, nothing like it, even if it's, you know, teams like Boston College playing in it that are. Uh, but we've got the Ohio Bobcats. We've got Frank Solich, uh, longtime coach uh, with the Ohio Bobcats, getting ready to take on uh, Nevada and Jay Norville in this game. So it's Mountain West taking on the MAC conference. And I get it, guys. Backing the MAC. Any MAC team in a bowl game is about as frightening a proposition as there is. And that's simply because they've only covered 33% of their bowl games over the last decade. That is right. So the past decade, it hasn't been profitable to back MAC teams at all. However, Frank Solich has managed to pull off a couple of wins here in the last couple of bowl games. Now, it wasn't a great start to the season. For the Ohio Bobcats, started off one and three, but they went five and three the rest of the way, and they needed to win the final two games of the year in order to be able to put themselves in contention to make it to a bowl game. And yeah, they did. They won their final two games, and not only did they win them, guys, they absolutely trounced uh, the competition along the way, uh, beating uh, Bowling Green and uh, beating. I mean, they just. They, they didn't leave anything to chance there, dropping, uh, I believe, somewhere around 90 points in the two games there. This is a team, the Ohio Bobcats, that can absolutely score points. They finished second in the MAC East. They averaged 35 points a game, guys. 35 on offense. They did, and of course, like most MAC teams, defense isn't necessarily a priority. They did give up 27 on average during the season, but 
they can certainly, certainly put up some points. They weren't exactly a profitable pick this year either, going 4-8 and eight against the number. But when it comes to putting up points, they can certainly do that. And also keep in mind, they've got uh, uh, they got a senior quarterback there that will be uh, that is a dual threat quarterback. This kid Rourke, keep an eye on him. This is a guy that can put up a lot of points in a hurry. And I anticipate there are going to be a ton of points scored in this game uh, simply because let's face it, guys. Um, Nevada doesn't have anybody on defense. Nevada doesn't play defense. Now, Nevada started the season four and four and in the Mountain West, uh, and they turned it on down a stretch. They went three and one in their final four games, but it was that last game that is the most interesting one. Their final game of the season against UNLV, 33 to 30, they lost in overtime to UNLV. And they also failed to cover as a seven-point favorite. And, of course, the biggest story from that game wasn't necessarily that Nevada lost. It's that the uh, they started a all-out brawl uh, at the end of that game when they lost in overtime. And you guys might have seen the videos from it. It was just – it was crazy. And it all started because they had defensive backs in Nevada that were throwing punches and – uh, leveling guys, sucker punching dudes. It was it was just ugly all the way around. So in response, three defensive starters for Nevada are suspended for this bowl game as a result of that fight. Uh, and of course, three pretty darn important starters in that. Two in the secondary, as well as their uh, leading defensive tackle there, Hauser uh, Sakona. He is also out for this game. Uh, linebacker. Uh, also suspended, at least for the first half in this game. Their starting middle linebacker, uh, Gabriel Sewell, is suspended for the first half, so they won't have him. And, uh, yeah, they also fired their defensive coordinator. He's gone. In fact, half the staff is suspended on the defensive side also for uh, what, what happened there. So what they've done, Jay Norville, the head coach there for Nevada, uh, he's gone ahead and had to bring in uh, a shell team, like a interim coaching defensive staff to call plays and to set up defenses and a game plan for this uh, matchup against Ohio. It's just an absolute mess. What's even crazier is Nevada finished third in the Mountain West East, right? They went five, six, and one against the number. They only averaged 21 points per game, guys. They are not an offensive juggernaut. They don't do anything very well. Uh, they also give up 32 points on defense a game. Wait a minute, Joe. I'm going to throw another number at you. You ready? So they give up 32. They only score 21, and they're in a bowl game. What if I told you the point differential this year for Nevada versus all its opponents is minus 192? That is correct. They were outscored. 192 points this year and somehow managed to make a bowl game. Why? Because the football gods, five and one in one score games this year was Nevada. They managed to find ways to win games in the final two minutes this year. Five and one in one score games. Um, that may come to an end here in this game here as Ohio certainly has the firepower to put them away early. We'll give you the updated line. We'll tell you which way the market's going. And we'll do that coming up next here on The Grid. Sports. 
Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Welcome back in on a Friday here to the grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. Welcome into the morning line as we uh, look to get you caught up with the headlines overnight in the world of sports. Plus, take a look at the action today, which includes uh, one final bowl game uh, for the week as we head into the weekend. We got another one uh, tomorrow, of course, one on Monday. And then we're all waiting a week from Monday for the uh, for the national championship, which I know seems like a million miles from the last time we saw Clemson and LSU play. But it turns out there's actually a there's an actual explanation as to why that happened, and it all has to do with um, a writing of the ship, if you will, by the committee, who when they started this whole playoff situation. The idea was that they were going to own the 31st New Year's Eve or maybe even New Year's Day for their playoff games and then be able to uh, schedule it within 10 days of that in order to be able to give you the national championship game. But the problem is they booked all of these national championship games out. And when they booked the Superdome in New Orleans for this. They locked in January 13th, thinking that they'd be able to get the games in on New Year's and that they'd have enough time uh, to be able to coordinate the usual, you know, 10 to 12 days before the next game. But the problem is they realized that the ratings sucked on New Year's Eve putting playoff games. They seem to have thought that no matter where it was the minute that they put on college football games in a playoff that people would watch, but that turned out to be uh, very untrue. So they ended up moving when uh, they ended up moving it to the Saturday prior to New Year's. So it just so happened that this year the scheduling got a little crazy because while they moved the playoff games to the 27th, they could not move. The Superdome, they could not move the championship game. The Superdome was not able to accommodate them to move that game a week up. So they were stuck on this January the 13th on Monday because they could not move the home of the national championship game. So that's kind of why we have this big lapse since the last time we saw them, you know, almost over two weeks here uh, in waiting for this game to happen. It just so happened. It just worked out that way this year simply because they booked the Superdome long before this year and they were unable to accommodate for whatever reason. I'm sure there's an event or something going to be happening there uh, next weekend, which is why they can't get it done or this Monday they can't get it done. So instead, we're stuck with the 13th, which is why. And I know a lot of you have been asking, the hell is going on here? Why is there a two week you know, we're going to have not one, but two rounds of NFL playoffs in between before we get to the national championship game. And it's 
It's not the norm. It's just the reality of this year's scheduling because they wanted to move the playoff games away from New Year's Eve. So now they pushed it back this year. The Saturday fell on the 27th, but unfortunately they could not move that final game. So uh, just this year, it, it does seem to be able to work out next year and years after. It'll be a little bit more uh, realistic as opposed to not watching the wild card round tomorrow and then next weekend get another round of playoffs before we actually get the national championship game. It's kind of ridiculous, but it's just the way the schedule worked out this year. Uh, so like I told you earlier, though, we've got uh, we got Ohio taking on Nevada, the market in this game. And like I told you, they are a mess. Uh, Nevada is a mess defensively after that brawl guys missing They have been the single luckiest team that we have seen make a bowl game ever, guys, ever. A minus 192 point differential all year long. If it wasn't that they won five out of the six games within one score, they would not be here. In fact, they're terrible. So they ended up blowing out the teams they were better in, and they got blown out by the teams that they weren't better than. So when they lost, they lost big. When they won, they won big. That's not the mark of a great team. It's a mark of a lucky team. And I uh, do think that their luck is going to run out here. As we've seen this line open up as Ohio and Frank Solich, the Bobcats, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, it does look like the public is backing Ohio. Three out of four bets laying the points. Uh, there is also early sharp action here. They all agree. I see this at seven-and-a-half and eight in some places. Now, if you want to go contrarian and back the dog here because you think it's an inflated line, um, go ahead. However, there is a – again, the public was all over Cincinnati yesterday as well. They're not always wrong. And some situations you have to look at and just go, Ohio has a huge experience advantage here. They're playing in its their fifth straight bowl game, the ninth since 2010 – they also have a offense that averages 35 points a game versus an offense that averages 21 points a game in uh, in Nevada. They've got a senior quarterback in Nathan Rourke, dual threat quarterback. He ranks first overall in school history in passer rating, guys. This guy is a he is going to light this Nevada defense up. And of course, Frank Solich has been the head coach since 2005 there. Uh, Nevada just fired its defensive coordinator, like we told you. They've got an interim staff there. Uh, they got guys that weren't even with the team this year coming in to help to try and draw plays for the defense. It's a mess. So uh, both teams, I can tell you this, both the public and the pros are pounding the over in this, uh, pushing it up from 57.5 to close to 60 now. The over is seven and five in Ohio games this year, uh, just six and nine in Nevada games, mostly because they don't score points. So the weather looks to be perfect. Not going to be a problem there in uh, in Boise. The bottom line here, guys, is there is an opportunity for you uh, to be able to. Yes, you know, it's uh, it might be an inflated number, but there is no way that I look at this game and see that Ohio's not going to win it by double digits. Uh, Frank Solch is not a guy to take his foot off the gas. Uh, They are going to drop. I find it very hard that Nevada, even though that uh, Ohio doesn't have a great defense, I find it very hard to think that Nevada is going to be able to go blow for blow with uh, Ohio here. They are going to score a lot of points, probably somewhere in the 40s. I don't see Nevada making it anywhere near 30 for that matter. So a double-digit win 
is definitely in order here for these Ohio Bobcats. Plus, the football gods at some point, uh, it levels itself out. Going 5-1 and one in one-score games all year, it's nice, but it's also a little unrealistic. So that usually comes back to the middle at some point, and I expect that middle to start today. Uh, I'll be all over the Ohio Bobcats to win this game by double digits. Frank Solich, way too good of a coach here to uh, to sit there and lose or not blow out this Nevada team and Jay Norville, who are scraping together enough players to be able to field a defensive team here because they lost their living minds uh, their last game against UNLV and started a brawl that was ridiculous. Uh, and... They've got uh, got their defense coordinator fired as well as uh, pretty much uh, half of most of their defensive secondary linebacker, defensive tackle, all starters, all going to be a problem stopping Ohio in this game. This weekend, we've got, of course, uh, we got much coming up about the wild card matchups here. Uh, Buffalo and Houston will start it off tomorrow at 430. Then, of course, uh, tomorrow night, we'll have Tennessee, New England, and then on Sunday, we'll open it up uh, the early game, Minnesota at New Orleans, followed by Seattle and Philadelphia, the late game at uh, at 440. So we'll have much more on these games coming up uh, this actually next hour here in Make It Rain. We will uh, we'll talk about uh, some of the different angles, some of our favorite plays there, what you need to know, what you uh, where you need to go, all of that good stuff coming up. But I did want to, of course, I had mentioned that it is a uh, it is a new year. And it uh, might be a good time here for a little gambling you to give you guys a uh, a little refresher course on, you know, some of what is required in order to make it a profitable 2020. Some of these uh, some of these situations here, guys, some of these principles we seem to have forgotten uh, because at the end of the year, maybe it just became legal in your state. Legalized sports betting, so many of you may have been dabbling for the very first time, or even guys that have been doing it for a while. Sometimes you get overwhelmed at the end of the year because of the sheer number of games that you can bet, and you get a little crazy, and all of a sudden you start taking on some rookie tendencies, which cause you to lose money. And the one thing that you need to protect more than anything else is your bankroll, guys. That is rule number one. Your bankroll is your bankroll. And uh, that is the most important thing when it comes to sports investing. That is what you protect. And what that means is you don't you don't get careless with your bankroll simply because you're either losing games or you're winning games and think you'll never lose. Yeah, uh, streaks one way or the other will always come to an end, whether it's a bad streak or a good streak. Understand, though, don't hurt your bankroll. That is rule number one in 2020. Always protect your bankroll because the rookiest of rookie mistakes is to, number one, bet every favorite that you know to mankind. Um, That is why contrarian bettors and the pros We talked about it here. Fade the public, right? Always fade the public. Well, why do you think that? Because the public is always betting favorites. The books know it. I know it. You know it. Uh, Everybody thinks there's going to be a huge blowout right around the corner, and the better team is going to blow out the lesser team. Always betting favorites. Well, listen, that's going to happen. Blowouts are going to happen, guys. But 
the books always shade the line towards the favorite. They always know the public is going to hammer the favorite or what they perceive to be the better team. So you're not really getting any value by consistently betting favorites. Don't do it. You're never going to make money betting the New York Yankees all year at minus 250. It's just not going to happen. Uh, if you are, you're always going to be laying more points with the favorite than you should be simply because the books know what the public's going to do. So don't bet as many favorites as you might have done last year. Also, stop betting so many parlays. This is also another huge, huge, huge rookie mistake. Uh, and and stop yourself this year, guys. In 2020, I get it. The dream of hitting a four-team, three-team, five-team parlay. I hear stories. Guy, 10 buck, you had a 15-team parlay. I get it. But imagine this. Parlays to sports books are what the penny slots are to casinos. They are the biggest scam there is to the guys who put the money in it uh, simply because they are the biggest money makers for those casinos, and they know it. They know it. You may be uh, the best handicapper in the world. You're not understanding what the hidden vig is in these parlays, which it is. You don't understand the math behind it, which every time you add a team outside of a two-team parlay, you start adding three, four, your chances just continue to diminish because you need all of those things to happen in order to cash out, and those things rarely all happen together. So do yourself a favor, not saying never bet parlays. I'm just saying don't bet as many parlays or teasers as you might have been doing this past year. Keep it simple, all right? Try to find those spots where the value is. Avoid uh, betting three, four, five, six, seven team t uh, parlays. Avoid trying to chase your money. And always remember the bottom line at the end of the day, rule number one, guys, in 2020, protect your bankroll at all costs. We'll have more on this, of course, uh, next week as we continue into the year 2020. We've got Make It Rain next. We'll dive into Wild Card Weekend, get you caught up on all the latest headlines here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. Good luck. We'll talk to you on Monday. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. 17. On the morning line. Go! Not one, but two bowl games last night. That is right, two bowl games. Uh, one in the afternoon featuring the uh, the Birmingham, the Alabama, Birmingham Bowl in uh, in Alabama, I believe, or yeah, Alabama, uh, between Boston College and Cincinnati, the Bearcats. And that one, uh, like we told you, keep an eye on the weather in that game because sure enough, there were uh, flood warnings. There was a delay in that game. There was wind. There was all sorts of issues. And it ended up costing, uh, well, it ended up affecting 
the score more than anything else. And uh, as Cincinnati rolled in that game, actually, uh, rather easily, guys, it was not that uh, it was not that difficult to see exactly who, what, where and how was going to win that game. Uh, it was all Cincinnati in that battle and which was fine. But that total came in way under what it was supposed to opened up at 56 and a half. It was at 55 this time yesterday morning. It ended up closing at 53 and a half, and it really didn't make a darn bit of difference as Cincinnati routed Boston College yesterday, 38 to 6 in that Birmingham Bowl. They easily covered as a seven and a half point uh, favorite. And again, that total uh, hitting under the 53 and a half. So we had another game last night, an interesting one, too, one that uh, many people anticipated was going to be a blowout for the SEC taking on a Big Ten team. A lot of Tennessee fans uh, in the world there. A lot of Tennessee volunteers uh, expecting to route the Indiana Hoosiers. Indiana, isn't that a basketball program? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We heard it all yesterday, and so did the markets, in fact. Uh, when it was all said and done, what started out as a pick turned out to be around a three-and-a-half-point spread for Tennessee as a favorite. In, uh, in the Gator Bowl there, which was predominantly the stands filled with Tennessee volunteer fans there. A lot of orange in that uh, in those stands there last night. And boy, oh boy, there at one point in that game, the booze. It, you'd have thought it was a home game for Tennessee, and especially given the fact that the way they played uh, was not good. This was an ugly game from the get-go, guys. I mean, an ugly game from the get-go. And they went into halftime with a game that many people, and I'll give you just an example here, the game total opened up at 49 and a half when this bowl was uh, was opened up. That total was bet up to nearly 56 at one point this week. There was a ton of money that was coming in, a ton of expectations on the score in this game. There were supposed to be a ton of points scored in this game. That's what everyone thought. Well, they went into halftime. The score was 6-3 Tennessee, 6-3. There were nine points scored in the first half. 